Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Well, we're going to continue uh, with the series on Be of This Attitude. Everybody say, Be of This Attitude. And so I began that last week. How many had an attitude this past week? Did you have an attitude? Because what, what happens when you receive a word like this or when you teach on a word like this, God challenges your attitude. And uh, one of the things that, that occurs when I preach is that the Lord will always share that lesson with me before I share it with you. He'll challenge me on it. And sure enough, this week... I was challenged um, with this attitude, to be of this attitude. What do I mean by that? Well, this Tuesday, uh, after work, I went into the Walmart parking lot, went to Great Clips to go get my hair cut, got back onto Highway 29 to head home, and right as I came to Rio Del Mar at 5.05 in the afternoon, traffic is backed up and stopped. If anybody knows that traffic, it's always stopped. But the person behind me, and we won't, I won't mention her name because I really don't even know her name, but she was a, a young lady, and she was paying attention, and she tasted the back end of my Dodge Ram pickup with her car. And her 2012 Honda Civic just, boom, died right there on the spot. They had to tow her away. Her front bumper and everything fell off right there on the highway. I pulled over. My truck the back bumpers lifted up. Now, in that episode, in that second, I could have chosen to have an attitude. Amen? I could have chosen to say, what in the world? Why can't she just pay attention or whoever it was? Why can't they be looking at the road? Obviously, traffic was stopped, but the light was green. So I'm thinking that she must have saw green meaning go in her mind, possibly, or she was busy texting or talking to the person she was with in her vehicle. Either way, she hit me. She didn't even slam the brakes on. It just, boom. And she was probably going about 35 miles an hour when she hit me. And so I felt the jolt, but I didn't have an attitude. I want to tell you, you'd be proud of your pastor. I didn't have an attitude. Yes. But that doesn't always happen. You know, it, something like that could, could twist you all around to to want to have a really bad attitude, really bad attitude towards that person. Come and share your mind, give them a piece of your mind. And that reminds me, many years ago, I was about 20 years old, I was with my dad. I drove him to San Francisco, and we were on the way back on Old Sonoma Road here in, in Napa. And uh, we were... Uh, actually on the highway, on that highway to Sonoma, and waiting to make a left-hand turn onto Old Sonoma Road. And I was behind a car that was driven by 80-something-year-old Lucy Dangberg. I just remember the name. And as she proceeded to turn, I was driving my dad's car. She proceeded to turn, and if she drove any slower, she'd be going backwards. How, how many know that that's slow? But what she didn't see coming right at us was a big tractor trailer, one of those big Peterbilt trucks, a big truck without the trailer. It was just the truck. And he was screaming about 55, 60 miles an hour, and he saw her going so slow, there was no stoplight there. And he proceeded to slam on his brakes. Well, you could see the back end of his truck hopping like this. 
blue smoke. I'm in the middle. There's cars going around me heading in towards Napa. And I pulled forward because he was starting to come and veer into my lane as he was losing control. She barely made it, the person in front of me, and kept going on her merry way on Old Sonoma Road. And at that moment, we braced, and the big truck going about 50 miles an hour, devil wanted to take us out then, didn't he? He wanted to take us out, but he hit my door right from behind me. We did a 360 right in the middle of that intersection, and we didn't get hit. His truck ended up about another 100 yards on our side of the freeway facing our direction. It, it was a violent hit, and fortunately, he didn't hit anybody else. But I had an attitude on that one. I was a non-believer, and fortunately, the, the, dry, the, the wife of the truck driver, from she saw what was happening. She was following behind him in a pickup truck. She saw that that car, that person driving in front of me, had caused the accident, followed this person, flagged her down, brought her back to the crime of the scene of the crime, and then when she showed up and started talking to the cop, I went straight over there and I told that cop, I said, this woman has no business driving. You need to take, I mean, I, I had an attitude problem. And that's what I'm talking about today. We can easily, something can trigger us, and we can immediately need an attitude adjustment. Because so I remember letting that poor lady have it in front of the cop. And I, I felt bad for her, but years later. I didn't feel bad for her in that moment. I didn't feel bad for her months later, but years later, I, I really felt bad for her that I actually went up and said that to her. She didn't have a clue. And, um, but I developed a bad attitude in that moment. And so I want to talk to you again this week as we continue this series on B of this attitude. Jesus was here teaching what's called the Sermon on the Mount. He saw the multitudes gathered, and he took them up on this mountain right off of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, when I was in Israel, we went to that location, supposedly where that Sermon on the Mount was, beautiful area. And he began to teach them, the disciples, about how to have attitudes that will uh, be blessings to you, where you and I can receive blessings but one of the things I want to remind you of that, remember this, God's blessings are always conditional on your obedience. Let's not confuse God's love and God's blessing. In other words, God's love is unconditional. God's blessings, however, are based on obedience. If you're being obedient, you will receive blessings. But God's love towards you is unconditional. You don't have to be obedient to still receive God's love. Now, he doesn't want you to stay that way, but that's how much God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. Amen? So if you have your Bibles ready, let's, let's go to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. I want to read again verses 1 through 12, and we'll be reading this uh, text for the next week, and then I'm going to wrap it up next week. But Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1 begins, it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And we talked about those two last week. Blessed are the meek, 
for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And finally, verse 12, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Did you catch all those scriptures start off with the word blessed? Blessed are you if you do this. You see, again, if there's an obedience to the command, you will receive a blessing. But sometimes that takes a sacrifice. Sometimes it hurts to, to obey in certain situations. Our, our, our nature wants to easily say, nah, not today, Lord. Maybe down the road. But God is here telling us, blessed are you when you obey. Amen? These 12 verses are known and called the Beatitudes, to be of this attitude. They're a, they're a standard of conduct for all believers. All of us should be displaying these. And uh, the beautiful thing is that when you obey Christ's commands, you will receive blessings. And when I say a blessing, they come in all shapes and forms. And they can be blessings with your family. They can be blessings uh, emotionally. Get this right and get this right. They can be blessings financially. They can be blessings in the neighborhood you live. Uh, there's so many different ways. Because I want to say that because a lot of people will think that a blessing is only a financial blessing. It's much more beyond that. I'd rather have an emotional, not a, a family blessing than a monetary blessing every day of the week. Amen? Amen. So each of these Beatitudes contains a blessing. A blessing, again, is anything that turns my focus and attention onto God and the things He desires for you and for me. That is what a blessing is. Uh, the things that He desires for me. Those are blessings. And so today I want to talk about, we'll see if we can get to three of them, but the first one is verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. How many have heard that scripture before? In this instance here, the word meek is also, you can substitute that with the word humble. How many have ever met humble people? And you walk away impressed when you meet a humble person, typically. In fact, the Bible says that Moses was the most humble person that ever, that ever lived, right? Now, we don't know Moses, but... Uh, we, we, we have descriptions of who he was, and uh, that's a blessing because the Bible tells us, blessed are the meek, for they will inher inherit the earth. But the first question I would have ask you today is, what do you think of when you hear the word meek? What do you think of, or what do you think that means? I just want that to roll around in your head. You don't have to say anything out loud, but I know this, that when people he hear the word meek, or even humble, oftentimes they think of a doormat, 
Somebody that you can just walk over, that you can just talk over them, that they're, they're not going to stand up to something. They're, they're just going to stand back and uh, they're, they're, they're not going to stand up and voice their opinion. But that's not it. Meekness or humbleness is, is strength under control. It's strength under control. Everybody say that with me. Strength under control. Meekness is power that is harnessed. Power that is harnessed. Think of a horse. I don't know if there's anybody here that's ever owned a horse, ridden a horse. A lot of you have, have uh, ridden horses, but they have bridles on them. They, they harness them because they have a lot of power. And if you don't control that horse, it'll just take off. But when you harness it, you harness all that power. That's what meekness is describing in the Bible. Amen? Or, or maybe, how many have ever known a, a large man and described him as a gentle giant? We've all known people like that. Oh, he's, he's a big man, but he wouldn't hurt anybody. He's a gentle giant. Right? That, that's describing exactly what I'm talking about. Power that is harnessed. And, and oftentimes we see it in, in large people. Amen? Listen, uncontrolled power doesn't do anybody any good. But controlled power, God can work with that. Amen? Psalm chapter 25 and verse 9. Listen to these words found in the book of Psalms. He guides the humble, or you can substitute that word for meek, in what is, in what is right and teaches them his way. Do you want to know what is right? And do you want to be taught in what, is, what the way is? Then be meek. Learn to be humble. Humble yourselves is what the Bible says. Another scripture found in Psalm chapter 37, verses 10 and 11. It says, A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great price. Again, there's a blessing because they're obedient to God's word. Amen? Blessings to obedience. Obedience equals blessings. Get that in your head right here. Because when you're disobedient, you don't get the blessings. You, it's like walking around with an umbrella protecting you from the rain. Everywhere you go, you're protected from that rain. Everywhere you go when you're walking in obedience, blessings are following on you. Falling on you. Literally. They're falling on you. And the other thing that this scripture tells us is that meekness is tied to our earthly or our inheritance. In other words, it's part of what the Lord has in store for you and I. Throughout the scripture, and not just here in the, in the book of Matthew, but the Lord has always valued those that walk humbly, walk meekly, because we all know that we do not like to be in the presence of the total opposite of that. How many like to hang around arrogant, cocky people? Maybe that's you. I don't know. But, you know, none of us like to hang around people like that. I was reminded last night watching a boxing match on my TV. It was a boxer, well-known boxer. He was fighting. And right away, Anna doesn't know anything about boxing, okay? She doesn't follow anything. But she heard him after the fight. He won. And she goes, oh, boy, that guy's cocky. 
And he is. He's known for his cocky attitude. I'm talking about a boxer named Ryan Garcia, if you've ever heard of him. But nobody wants to be around a cocky person. It's so unattractive. It's so unappealing. And oftentimes we just say, ah, ah I don't care for that person. But yet meekness and humbleness should be attractive. You should find that attractive because your heavenly Father finds that attractive. Amen? The Lord values that. It is those that learn to walk like this that will inherit all that the Lord has in store for them. If I could just encourage you, learn to walk in humbleness. Be humble, and you will be receiving what God has in store for you through obedience. Amen? Amen. The second thing, Scripture, we would look at would be verse 6. And this one is, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. They will be filled. Last week, we had our growth track class, and that's the class that we teach for those that want to be members of our church, just to give them a chance to know more about our church. And um, so we had two people come to our church, and we were going to feed them dinner. We gave them dinner. Uh, we had Anna's wonderful tostadas, and she made some rice, and um, I love Anna's tostadas. They're always so filling, right? And some of you have had her tostadas. I believe, I believe all of you have had her tostadas. But we, we filled ourselves up. You know, I had two of them, and then our guests had, the, you know, they helped themselves. But uh, while I was full at that moment, a couple hours later, all of a sudden, I went, hey, do we have any more tostadas after everybody had gone? I was hungry again, right? And all of us have that happen because we're physical beings. We need fuel, amen? Now, what's true in our physical lives should also be true and is true in our spiritual lives. What do I mean by that? Even though the tostadas were delicious, and I loved every, every bite as I savored it and her delicious rice that I love every time she makes it, I would never have expected that meal to have filled me up for the entire week. That would be crazy to think that. So we as believers should never come to church expecting that this service today is going to fill my spiritual tank for the whole week because that would be ridiculous. That's why I encourage you, read your word Get plugged in on our Wednesday night Bible study, Zoom. If not, connect with another small group in your, wherever you're at. Some of you are doing that. Uh, and, and so you need to be connected because you need to fuel up spiritually. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Believers need Sunday service. They need a midweek service. They need a, a daily time of prayer. Amen. To feed our souls. Because we know that this world, which is so hostile and corrupt and so opposed to the values that we teach you here in church, the world is opposed to that and contrary to what God wants for your lives. And instead of letting our light shine before others, what happens is we run out of spiritual fervor because we haven't had enough to eat. And we run out and then we allow the, the world's values to impact us later on in the week because we're too weak spiritually. And that I'm describing a lot of what's been going on post-COVID now. Uh, 
Churches, have you noticed? Churches have shrunk in attendance. Churches have shrunk in attendance. People have stopped coming to church completely, not even watching online. And a lot of that is because they've allowed the world's values to affect them. They don't need God anymore. They'll call themselves a believer, but yet they don't need God and they don't need fellowship. That's contrary to God's word. Totally contrary to his word. Instead of letting their light shine before others, they run out of fuel and and they're empty and void of God's blessings. But instead, this is what Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 says. Listen to these words. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The only way that that light's going to shine in you is when you're plugged in. When you're not plugged in, there's no light to shine. There's no light if we don't turn the switch on here. There's no power if we don't connect everything to an outlet. It doesn't work spiritually if you're not connected. God wants us to be connected, amen? Let me ask you this question. Do you know what the difference is between spiritual immaturity and spiritual maturity? Immaturity versus maturity. The difference is appetite. Appetite. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for more of God during the week? Or is it just today? I'm trying to challenge you to desire more of God. Every day waking up, it's, it's really training your mind to think to thank God as you get up. I love to say that, how we should thank God as we get up. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this very breath of life. For another day, it's a gift. I thank you for that. Because that will lead you to additional promises that God gives you. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this home that you've blessed me with. Thank you for the vehicle. Thank you for not allowing anybody to get hurt in that accident. And so forth. What are you hungry for? A lot of times we ask people, hey, what's your passion in life? What do you like to do? But have you ever asked yourself or asked others, what's your spiritual passion? What's your spiritual passion? Because we all have gifts. I mean, there's some talented tradesmen here in this building right now. There's some talented people uh, that can do things with their hands, with their minds, on computers. Some talent that God gives each of you uniquely, unique talents. But what is your spiritual passion like? Have you ever asked that? Maybe it's time you should ask yourself that. Ask God, Lord, what is my spiritual passion? What am I passionate about? What do you crave? I know I crave cheese danishes from buttercream. But I know sometimes if I have one every day, they're not healthy for me. So I have one every few months. I got to go back and get one. And I drive by a Dunkin' Donuts every day, and I'm really good, and I don't stop by there every day. But I used to. (laughs) Let me share another scripture with you, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. This is really the key to seeking all these blessings in life. And this, I find this so true. And the Word of God tells us, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, It doesn't say do this second or do this when everything is good in your life. 
when everything lines up, when you're in a happy place, when mama's happy, when dad's happy, when the bills are paid, when uh, you pay all that off, it said, first, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things that I just mentioned and more will be given to you as well. So what is it that you're praying for? What is it that you desire? Because we serve a God that wants to bless you, amen? But you have to be or learn to become obedient to his word to receive that blessing. The challenge I would, I would, I would ask of you today is, Lord, help us to crave for righteousness. And in the process, bless our home. Because that's what the scripture says. That the, that the meek, that, or that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Their homes will be filled with God's peace. You know, today is uh, my son's birthday in heaven. He would have been 44 years old. Can you say, that's old, 44 years old. And, you know, God, there's, there's some, uh, some other people in here that have celebrated some birthdays this week of family members. And it's during those times that, that it can be a challenge. But I would tell you this, God, that scripture we just read, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. I've prayed for peace. I've prayed for wisdom. I've prayed for strength. And God, I believe, has granted those things to me over the course of those years. It, it doesn't take the pain away, but it still it makes it so much more easier because I have peace to know that I had 20 years with my son on this earth 20 years and now he's been gone longer than he was ever here on this earth he's been gone for 24 years now and I still can't believe it's been that fast it, it goes by so quickly my sister Yolanda just passed away recently and the, and the tough things about those are, are the anniversary dates the birthdays the times that we would normally celebrate with that person that we love and I want to tell you this, God loves you so much that he wants to fill you with peace and his strength. And he does that when you seek him, when you're obedient to him. He will bless you and give you his strength, give you his peace. Because how many know it's, you can't do it? You don't have the strength. I don't have the strength. It has to be his strength to fill you every day to manage that. Amen? Amen, amen. Lord, help us to crave for righteousness, and in that process, you will bless our homes. The third and last point is this. Blessed are the merciful. Going back to verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. That's a tough one in our world, because our world is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. How many know what I'm talking about? It's, they don't show mercy. You're out in the job place tomorrow. It's, it's a tough world. People don't show mercy with each other. We see that on TV every day. We see that and hear that in our news every day. People do not know how to show mercy or love towards other people. Politics, government, and I don't want to get into politics, but we see that. In, in politics every day. We see this mercilessness in business, but again, mainly in politics. There's always people in the back rooms, the spin doctors, putting a spin on things. 
that show no mercy? Do you think politicians, that's what they really believe? It's put on by spin doctors, people that spin all that. All they do is just say it. Politicians are just the puppet, right? We all know that. But they come up with information about an opponent to put him or her down. And I mean, some of these politicians just get nasty. There's no mercy in any of the conversations now. And evil comes out. That is so far from what the Lord wants for each of us. We should never be like the world in that sense of not showing mercy upon our neighbor. Amen? I only share that example to illustrate the, the difference or the contrast between people that show or choose to show mercy. See, when you show mercy, people are blessed be, because of it. And the bottom line is this. You and I need to show mercy because you were shown mercy by Almighty God. You were shown mercy one day when Jesus Christ went to the cross and said, I'm here to die for you. I'm the substitute for you. I am paying the penalty of sin for you so that you don't have to pay for it. And all you have to do is just receive that and believe that. It's that simple, amen? See, Jesus here in this verse is saying this, those who are part of my kingdom are not to be condemners, but to be givers of mercy. We shouldn't be out condemning people. We should be dispensing mercy, merciful, be merciful. We should, now let me back up, we should condemn sin when there's sin, obvious sin. We, sh we need to stand up and condemn it, and we should speak up against it. But what Jesus is saying, that our general take on life should be that of one that is merciful. Have mercy, even at home, with your husband, with your wife. Even at home, with your children. Even at work tomorrow. Even with that cashier at Walmart that's driving you nuts, have mercy on them. Amen? Again, why should we show mercy? Because God Almighty showed you mercy. Who do you think you are? If God can show you mercy and you don't want to extend mercy to someone else. God's mercy is the withholding of just punishment. It's his compassion. You may have shown somebody mercy. You may have shown somebody mercy by choosing to go easy on them. How many have been there and gone easy on somebody, right? They deserved it, but you said, no, I'm going to go easy on them. Maybe it was alone and you said, forget it. Don't worry about it. Maybe it was returning some tool they borrowed from you, an expensive, because usually tools are expensive, and the ones that you loan out, sometimes they don't always come back, and they don't come back in the same condition. And those of you that work with tools can say amen. And sometimes you just need to say and be compassionate and merciful and just say, don't worry about it. Amen? Because you're going to have more peace in your heart at the end of the day. And as the Lord showed us his compassion, we need to learn to do the same. In closing, I have a couple, of, I have three verses I want to touch on. The first one is Psalm chapter 28 and verse 6. Praise be to the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. He has heard my cry for mercy. 
You see, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, it's never too late to to call for God for mercy. It's never too late to say, Lord, mercy, have mercy. How many of you ever played that game where you had to say uncle? You know, maybe it was a big brother or somebody. You got, he's hurting you until you say uncle, right? Uh, and maybe some of you have played that. Some of you obviously haven't. I was the oldest. I got to beat up on all my siblings. So, um, yeah, that's how it worked. And God chooses to give us mercy in those times. But we got to ask him. See, he does want to bestow mercy upon you. But he wants you to ask him for that. He'll never, he's a true gentleman, our God. He'll never give you anything unless you ask for it. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13. The Word of God says, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, and this is Paul speaking, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Here it's beautiful because not only is he receiving mercy, but he's confessing his shortcomings, his sin. He's saying, this is why, why I did the things I did. I was, uh, I was acting in ignorance and unbelief, and I didn't receive mercy. But once I did, once I confessed, even though I was a blasphemer, he was even a murderer. Yes, that's right. God can forgive you even if you've murdered someone. God showed him mercy. Amen? And then the last scripture I want to point out, it's not on your PowerPoint, but it's found in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. This is an act of God's mercy. But listen to these words. He saved us not because of righteous things we have done. Let me just say that again so you hear it well, because it touches on the previous series I was speaking on, which was grace. He saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. Can I get an amen? It's His mercy. See, God's children reflect His mercy and are therefore merciful themselves. You and I need to learn to become more merciful in a world that is mercilessness. There's no mercy out there. There's no mercy towards the homeless. And hopefully you're not that person that just drives by somebody and doesn't help them out if they need a hand. Hopefully it's somebody in need at your workplace tomorrow and they need a hand. If you see somebody that's hurting, you can come up to them and say, Hey, what's going on? Can I help you? Can I pray with you? What do you need? Show them some mercy. Amen? Would you stand with me this afternoon? As we close, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to close in a song. And I would invite you to worship the Lord one one last time this afternoon. But I want to encourage you this week to especially be merciful. Be merciful. Um, As I was studying this, this one really spoke to me because this world teaches us so much on the contrary to be mercilessness don't show them mercy that's their problem they got themselves in that situation but God is telling you and I as believers no show mercy love on that person there's conditions and things that you and I don't understand that may have put that person in that situation 
show mercy on them. Amen. How many will promise me do that this week? Amen. 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 Let's. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.